So the Colston Four were at Crown Court yesterday, and they have we started? Well, yeah, why not? We the Colston Four were um, they started their trial yesterday, and outside there was like obviously protests and loads of support for them and that. And the Bristol Post have just taken like they've blurred out a face of two people of this picture, and then this random bloke. And they've created this whole article on how they think it might be Banksy, but there's no real evidence whatsoever. They've just been like, mystery man appears at protest, which <laughs> is, is that not just every man there? That doesn't sound like the Bristol Post, just making up news stories. It's because he did that T-shirt thing. Did you manage to get one of those T-shirts? No, did you? No, but I am tempted to spend nine grand on one on eBay, <laughs> which there was 120. They will be worth loads of money. It wasn't the whole point of them, so it would fund the legal teams for the Colston Four. Yeah. And then instead, the people that have got the T-shirt are now making more money off them, probably than the entire T-shirt thing. I can't help but think if I managed to get one of those T-shirts, I would sell it for £9,000. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like the, the, the one where he was selling his prints outside the subway in New York. And... But nobody knew they were real Banksy's until he later... And he was sending them for like $10. A load of them made millions on them. Um, so I'd do the same with the shirt. But yeah, do you think that was Banksy outside? Probably not. No chance. It's just some bloke they've blurred his face out of. I just don't understand. Like, there, there was loads of people there. Why do they think that was Banksy? They didn't even back it up. There's one article here. Carnival atmosphere outside court as Colston 4 trial begins. <laughs> Car- the carnival atmosphere. Yeah, I bet the Colston 4 were not in a carnival atmosphere outside. <laughs> so you're the judge. What? Yeah. What? What punishment would you give the Colston for? Um, I'd say they all have to do um, two-week shifts as a statue on that plinth. They can make it seasonal, so you could have like something for each quarter of the year. There's four of them. Absolutely. And they have to hold the pose for two weeks. And, and I think, that's, just, I think, I think that's, that's got some legs to it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. What pose would you do? Um, well, I think I'd have to take my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. Just because you want to. Um, I think I'm going to do it. I think I think you you got to do it. You've got. Uh, it's only two weeks. I, all right, maybe. Obviously, holding that's a bit ridiculous. I'd probably look like Nessa off Gavin and Stage <laughs> <laughs> when she's doing the. <laughs> She's doing the statue. Yeah, every, all of them should be a statue for two weeks at a time. Two weeks at a time. Yeah, what would what would you choose pose-wise? That's a difficult one. If you had a statue anywhere, let's say, where would, actually, where would your statue of you be? Oh, God, you put me on the spot there. That's a horrendous question. Yeah. Where would it This wasn't in the brief. It's not in the brief. <laughs> it's not in the brief. I'd like it to be, I'd like to be lent up against the bar. Which bar? Um... Oh, probably the Armsby Social Club. Do you know what? There's a in Maidenhead train station. There's yeah. just a statue on a bench on the on the platform, and it's creep. Yeah, just sitting there reading just the book. There. And yeah. it's pretty creepy. Yeah, I'm no doubt though that was. Imagine, pretty, um, ima- imagine at the end of just a statue into the, the bar. And like, oh, that's everyone. exactly what. Yeah. You, <laughs> what emotion? Yeah. Can, can you imagine how many people who chat to that statue? <laughs> You'd probably get more out of it than their mates, to be honest. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's the Coastal Four, mate, and we're back again with another podcast and another little chat, ain't we? Here's Emmanuel Thomas again, finding that pocket of space. Left-footed shooting, oh, what a goal! 
What a goal that is! Lambert with a strike. Oh, what a tremendous goal from Lambert! Ricky Lambert won't score a better goal than that. Must be 40 yards out. What a body that Could was. Could be a chance for Bulldog. It's Brian. Oh, it's a goal. Bristol born, Bristol bred. Has the goal. It could decide the Bristol derby. Yes, welcome to Brizzle Kicks, the podcast or therapy session that shares the thankless and mostly joyless task of being a Bristol football fan. Even if you don't watch the Bristol football teams, don't worry, neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> so, covid must is back. Yeah, mate, they're dropping like flies, aren't they? Mm. Man United game off tonight. Yeah. It's only going to be more, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it. So, yeah, the um, it's one after the other at the moment. Uh, if the Premier League is dropping out, no wonder what's going to happen to the Football League. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to be that all the media coverage is just the Prem teams, though. Um, would, you, would, you, would you expect anything else? Uh, no, of course not. But um, it, it seems to be... I think Man United have timed this to perfection. Why is that? Now, a few days in football... You know, of un, un, of not being able to fulfil a squad is so much time, especially for the new Ralph to come in and start a few s- sessions on the training ground. A few sessions on the training ground. You know, no one needs to know. Let's let's get one of you infected. You do a few tests. They'll we'll hand out, them out. They'll come out flying after Christmas. Exactly, they? <laughs> and they're going to be right on the offensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is only going to trickle down, even down to you know our level. Um, and they're going to do exactly what, you know, and it happens every season, though, with games being called off. And they cram them all into about three weeks at the end of the season. And I'd like to see that done um, in, the, in the Premier League, to be honest. Well, <laughs> just double headers on a Tuesday yeah, night. Headers. And it has to be floodlit as well, doesn't it, because of the sort of the time or what have you. So it'd be good to see, you know, someone rushing in in their, in their work clothes, kit bag in hand, um, covered in paint. Getting changed up just on, in on time the, on for the, the side, second on half. The, on the side of the pitch, yeah. right, where, where your kit's been just left on the side because you're late. Because you you're late. get changed on the side of the pitch because they locked the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, just because obviously your boss asked you to finish that second coat. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see him all cram right in actually, and then we'd like, and then I'd like to see you know Jurgen or uh, or even that Ralph complaining about the the. The fixture congestion. That's that's what I'd yeah. like to see. They don't know what they've got until they've done the Suburban League, do they? <laughs> no, that is very, very true. <laughs> Getting through Bristol traffic at five o'clock so, to get to a 5.30 kickoff. Yeah, what, you're playing in South Bristol and you've got to get right down the ring road? No chance, mate. <laughs> but uh, but we have to see how it goes. At least if uh, Almondsbury season gets cancelled this year you won't you, you'll save yourself from relegation rather than promotion yeah i think the less said about that the better but yeah we're kind of hoping for a big covid outbreak <laughs> so i guess uh, one of the things that needs to be discussed is the formula one did you watch i did yeah yeah that was the only race i've watched no you watched the week before why you were making a roast that was true yeah i did yeah i got it was interesting um i don't really understand what happened do you know what happened I don't think anybody does, to be honest. Um, I watched a little bit of Formula One. Um, basically, Lewis Hamilton was 12 seconds ahead of everybody else in the race, about to become eight times Formula One world champion, more than anybody ever in Formula One um, in motor racing. And uh, someone crashed. 
Weirdly enough, Mick Schumacher, Michael's son, was the one that crashed and um, caused the crash, pretty much, okay. of Latifi. Can I ask why that's weird? Because Mick Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, holds the record for world champ being world champion. That's. Um... <laughs> Do you reckon? No, not no, not to point fingers. No, but... no, just just an observation. Um, but anyway, the, the safety car got pulled out with four or five laps to go, um, and then that means that they all bunch up again. Um, and Hamilton was on twenty-eight lap tires or something, and Verstappen could go in and change his tires. Well, I knew that if Hamilton went in for tires, Verstappen would have stayed out and passed him. Or so he was so Hamilton was not in a good position at all. No, and then uh they thought the rate that according to rules race should have ended on the safety car. Yeah. Or being red flag, which meant Hamilton could have then gone into the could have changed his tires and we could have had a uh, a shootout between Verstappen and Hamilton both on fresh tires to see who should be and that would have been better. Yeah. If they just red flagged it rather than yellow flagging it and then Hamilton wasn't able to change his tyres and he was just a sitting duck to Verstappen for one lap and they get basically gave, gave Verstappen one lap on fresh tyres to hunt Hamilton down. What a lap though. <laughs> I, genu- I haven't felt adrenaline like that for a while watching sport. Gen- yeah. Just watching at home. I, gen- I, I, I hate Formula 1. There I said it. It's such a way. You anyway. You I hate a lot of stuff on this podcast. Yeah, very true. I just I can't get behind it. I don't understand. I I like watching the race, but the people who support it, you know what I mean. The people who who are Red Bull fans or are Mercedes fans. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Go grow up the lot of you. But um, I got well into it. I understand it now. I really you, understand. You understand adre- it. Yeah. I understand the adrenaline. I understand. The point of watching it, I can't understand where you dress in full Formula One gear and go traveling around the world with your Ferrari cap on, <laughs> booing anyone else who's racing. I've I always, support McLaren. Do you think you support your local garage? <laughs> They're all based in uh, uh, in the same area. They're all yeah, based around Slough. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So a lot of Slough, obviously, yeah. are big fans of all of those. But yeah, um, but well, I really got into it and I thought it was good. What team would you support? If I had to pick a Formula One team, yeah. I would pick who won this championship. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd follow Red, the logic of everyone else. Red Bull. Red Bull. Oh, what? Red Bull? I'm not sure I can get a ball with Red Bull. They're too new. I like Ferrari. Yeah, um, red. Red. Red so. Ferrari. Oh, and I grew up with Schumacher. So I think... You grew, he, you grew up with him, did you? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you meet Schumacher born and raised me. So yeah. No, absolutely. Ferrari. What about you? Uh, Mercedes or McLaren I quite like McLaren because you know Lando Norris from Bristol that's true that's uh, true Orange quite funky do people support drivers more because I know they change or do they support teams more uh, I would say the modern Formula 1 fan probably goes after drivers similar to the football, how, you to football. Young, how you're getting younger people supporting Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. whereas I think the the more traditional Formula 1 fans are sort of nuts about their team so like i support mclaren i support mercedes and yeah and they're the and they people. come like trousers jacket yeah, for, hat. and you know what and they've got those stupid adidas goodyear trainers on as well aren't they with oh, i'm not even going into it where do you I, even uh, buy those trainers from these days well, who sport knows? direct yeah sports direct must you, you make probably, a killing you on that kick gear. yourself out in sports direct yeah that is true and they're all uh, yeah they're the brown slip on brigade and they love rugby union i'll tell you that <laughs> but um but yeah i i did enjoy the race uh and i do feel like he was robbed and um 
uh, yeah, I just don't think it's fair. Do you know what? What what it did cause was some great social media on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and uh, Guinness Six Nations account did a did a and loads of other sport bodies did the same thing. So I don't know who did it first, mm. but it um was uh basically describe what just happened in rugby rules. Right. Um, so this is what, which is obviously right up Formula One Street. <laughs> yeah, they're all rugby fans. As yeah, well. target market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this person put England were playing New Zealand and winning by a country mile, but somebody got injured in a game between Ireland and Scotland. So the ref decided to give New Zealand some extra points in the England game, so they had an opportunity in extra time. New Zealand then got a penalty in front of the post that would win the game. They scored the penalty and won despite England being better all game. Interesting. So I know we don't have a lot of rugby fans on here, but what, how, is there anything that, do you know what it reminded me of? If we want to just describe it in Bristol sport terms. Yeah. August 2012, mm-hmm. Bristol Rovers away at Wickham Wanderers. Yeah. Bristol Rovers have just gone 3-1 up after two belters from Elliot Richard. And then um, lightning struck the stand. Yeah. And then the safety officer at Wickham Wanderers just called the game off said Stan's not safe even though there was nothing wrong with it yeah game got abandoned yeah in the 67th minute so only 20, 20 minutes to play with 3-1 up yeah and then got replayed uh, a later date and I think we lost well you can't put a price on safety mate <laughs> and I've always you know you could you could have said that but if one of you lot got sort of struck by lightning then there would have been something else to say as well so I'm sure you wouldn't have minded that too much not at all so Freddie Sears ghost goal that's what it reminds me of Oh, yeah, yeah. Poor old little Neil Warnock, mate, was fuming about it. Sears goes through, he scores the goal, gets uh, one nil up. He hits like the bottom stanchion, and it bounces right back out. He's gone wheeling away in celebration. <laughs> Every one of the fans, City players, there obviously conceded a goal, and the linesman obviously just decided just not to give it. <laughs> I honestly cannot understand where that decision's come from. And that was a just, playoff game, wasn't it? It was not. That was the season of those playoffs. Though. Oh, right. And that was the, that the, was the Ashton gate. And that's where the feud started. Obviously, Warnock said, I would have given them uh, a goal for as it. As if. As if, I know. Neil um, Warnock. But yeah, like, yeah they're, and they're 1-0 up coasting. And they're Maynard, well, they're 0-0, obviously. They would have been 1-0 up. Uh, and Maynard scores the winner in the 89th minute. Um, so yeah, just odd decisions from officials. Mm. What a trend! <laughs> <laughs> and even from the government. <laughs> so, Bristol football made it onto Monday night football, which was a bit bizarre. Yeah, we heard that last week. Yeah, Gary Neville uh, referred to. Have clarified for the nation that Bristol Rovers and Bristol City are not corner shops which is nice <laughs> it's actually probably the most respect that either of our clubs have got on Sky Sports for quite a long time very true um, do you think that's a sign of Bristol football being a sleeping giant or amusingly poor um, I don't think that's a sign of either I think that was a sign of Bristol Rovers playing Salford um, the week before Neville being there having a chat with Whale and uh, we being we're, we're the first team that comes to his mind because he's trying to think of low level scum that he doesn't really care about and he's just decided for Rovers and City um, it was a good mention though mm. closest we'll ever get to Monday Night Football 
I'm sure it's the closest Rovers will ever get for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. Well. What about City? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't see us being on Monday Night Football anytime soon. Unless they do some sort of uh, EFL Monday Night Football. Or they slip down to League Two. Yeah, maybe they do at this, uh, this rate. Well, when there's no Premier League games on Monday night because they've all got COVID, they might throw a few EFL games in. But um, yeah, it was nice to get a mention from Neville, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and that leads us on to the, the fan-led review, which is what he was referring to in terms of Bristol Rovers and Bristol City being community hubs, not just corner shops in terms of um, this whole fan-led review which has taken place and was set up by the government uh, on the on sort of three major po- points really the collapse of Bury Football Club um, co- the effect of COVID-19 on the Football League <clears throat> and the uh, monstrosity of the European Super League um, and uh, this independent review has, has come across with lots of recommendations that were some that would probably have quite a detrimental effect on um, both Bristol clubs, really. Um, one of which, um, they're discussing parachute payments. And, um, you know, in their review, it mentions that, you know, a lot of championship clubs are operating at 120% to 200% on wages to turnover proportion, which is absolutely incredible. I just want to break in. Bristol City are the third, third in that list. We're a yeah. third highest ratio of wages to turnover out of the Championship and Premier League at 120%. 120%. And that was released today on those figures. Oh, amazing. Um, no surprise. Our gate isn't particularly massive. COVID has obviously had somewhat to do with that, but it does kind of show the... the I, I subscribe to the fact that that just shows that we've been throwing money at the situation and nothing stuck. And to give you some clarity on that, UEFA recommends that... The wage to turnover proportion should be seventy percent. So you are fifty-eight percent over the the UEFA the government bo- the governing body's recommendation. That's correct. Um, and Rick Parry, which which goes on to your point, has described basically the championship because what we're talking about really, yeah, as the most expensive lottery ticket on the planet. Correct. Um, so do you do you think parachute payments are preventing Rovers and City from sort of reaching that promised land? Oh, obviously, there's more. There's more that is preventing Rovers from getting there. <laughs> I think there's more preventing Bristol City getting there as well. But I don't think it helps at all. You look at you look at the championship. Um, you look at the championship table this season. The, the teams within it. There's only a really small handful of clubs that have not been in that Premier League who have not benefited at all from the parachute payments. Lansdowne has to keep up with that. Someone has to keep up with that money-wise. Now, some clubs will gamble and throw loads at it, and that's where normally it goes wrong. Because, like you say, it's a lottery ticket. You also have to make the right decisions. So a parachute payment of whatever amount of money, it doesn't mean you're going to do well in that league. You still have to make the right decisions, but it certainly gets you a lot closer to that goal because you, you finally get some decent players and not just you know Chris Brunt on a free. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, and you know, you, it kind of gives you an idea of why Lansdowne is doing it in a way because you know if if, if he doesn't do that, you're going to end up in probably League One again, and that's not a dig at City, but you know if every other club that has ambitions to get in the Premier League is is doing the same thing, then it's just a broken economy. Everyone's trying to outdo each other, and the wages just creeping up, creeping up and creeping up because they're trying to compete with each other. And when players are at one club, they're on a wage, they're not going to change another other championship club without 
either probably get an increase. You have to have an increase to go anywhere, and especially yeah. to someone like Bristol City. Unless you're Chris Brunt. <laughs> That poor bloke. <laughs> no, but you have to. You have to. Yeah. You, you, why, what's the What's the benefit of being there? Yeah, or or you've got to have a really good youth setup that's going to find those players from further down the league. And no teams in the championship don't have time to to do to do that, do they? I think Brentford modelled modelled it perfectly, and they still are. Um, and they made their plans, and they spent very little, and they've now made their way into the Premier League. And it was all based on stats. It was based on real football knowledge that got them where they was, not just businessmen throwing cash around like it's going out of fashion. Did they get Brad Pitt in from Moneyball? Did they? <laughs> That's all they needed was Brad, <laughs> man. He was through. But um, yeah, it's it's an in, it's it's a re- I'll just like to say now it's a, it's a really good. Um, Review. I thought Tracy Cracks has done brilliant on that and spoken to the right people. But to give you an idea of how broken this is, if you finish bottom of the Premier League, so you could, you could finish the Premier League with less than ten points, yeah, and you're still getting relegated with a with a hundred million pound in your back pocket. Yes. Whereas if you if you win the championship, you get eight million. You do get eight million, yeah. So you, all you got to do is win the championship, and then just come straight back down again. You're a hundred eight million in in the bank. And I. Do believe that there is some there are some clubs out there that think like that. Mm. Absolutely. Well, West Brom, Norwich, Norwich. Are just these yo-yo clubs that go up and down. Hundred percent. Birmingham were one at one stage. I don't know what happened to them. Oh, they oh that that was the one of the most awfully ran football clubs ever at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but is is financial recklessness one of the beauties of the English game? Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Now listen, the stories of Macclesfield, the Burries, even the Wiggins, the, the Portsmouths, the Leeds, who have had all those that those troubles, right? 100%. 100% is a beauty of the game because regardless or not, I always I do believe Man United will be the 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 richest club in the world. Mm. They they can get they can absolutely trickle down their wealth, but you're Man United chairman, and they're saying, "Can you? You wouldn't just help out old Macclesfield down there with two hundred million, so that they could then work their way <laughs> up and come and be with you." Yeah. There has to obviously be some governments to it, but it is a beauty of English football. You do get the, the owners almost now are pantomiming themselves. You want, Mike Ashley sold papers. Sold. We loved reading about the the arsehole he was. Do you know with Mike Ashley? I think that he was. I'm not that clued up on the Newcastle United situation, so this might offend some Newcastle fans. It's never stopped us before. (laughs) Carry on. But he ran Newcastle United as a business, and he broke even most years. True. So maybe he was actually not doing what everyone's doing and trying to compete with the other clubs. He was just just trying to run it like a business. I'm going to... This is ridiculous. But but yeah, I think financial recklessness is is, is unfortunately one of the... We love a, a whole everyone get together and try and save a club, don't we? Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Like, what would happen to all the um, the useless club-branded teddy bears that we leave outside football clubs and, the, and <laughs> when they're in, in financial turmoil or the flowers we leave out? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I, I think it's a good step, this review, and I think something will happen. But there's... So they've recommended the IREF, right? The IREF, uh, which I don't even know what it stands for. Sounds like for. something off Mission Impossible. It does, Tom Cruise leading. Do you reckon he'll be leading it? I can tell you what, the rate this Suburban League's going, we'll have IREF soon, but it's just <laughs> one. It's some robot just shooting people in the leg. Um, but yeah, anyway, the IREF, who are obviously they're going to bring in, or they're, they're thinking about bringing in to obviously regulate football and regulate 
the financial side of football. What's stopping a what's stopping a um, institution like that to not become a bit corrupt and take backhanders? And do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but every every business is regulated. I quite like their how their their idea of every football club has a license. So if you think about it from a bar point of view, every bar has to have a license, and to get a a license to sell alcohol or to be part of the trade, you have to hit certain requirements. Yeah. And that's their idea of with a football, it'll be a professional football club. You have to get a license um, and hit certain requirements to get that license. To keep that license. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that, again, you, went, you mentioned Brentford earlier, and one of the things that was referenced in this report was Brentford in terms of their golden share. Right. So if you read that, but yeah, effectively every club has a golden share. And who have when a new owner comes in they can't get that golden share the golden share is basically attributed to a supporters club okay um, and the golden share protect me the person with the golden share has control over the team name the yeah. team colors the yeah. team badge and the stadium okay so it means that the um sort of uh history of that club is protected okay. and it can't be moved anywhere without the authority of the golden share owner and i quite like that a hundred percent yeah, absolutely. That should 100% be implemented to every club because every club has supporters. And that will stop Bristol United ever happening. Yeah, and the sooner we do that, the better. <laughs> um, but and then um, one of the things as well is that they're, they're talking about a 10% levy on the Premier League. Um, and this would d- uh, directly benefit, you know, grassroots level. Um, t- so basically any transfer that the Premier League makes out of the UK there'll be a 10% levy on it right and that 10% levy then get gets put back into the English football pyramid, pyramid if you like so how you, do they dictate who gets that money though well I guess it's just one lump sum and they divvy out of the year like you'd make um, uh, you'd apply for some of it like you do at the moment with the grassroots stuff yeah but yeah. that can only help Bristol like state of facilities around Bristol when you play football well, every pitch, every pitch on a Saturday at this time of year, there is boggy. You can't really play good football on it. Yeah. Um, that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's my excuse. Like, say, do you think anyone's going to be playing good football? It's the pitch. No, but, you know, yeah, so, look, some facilities in, in, in the best ones are the 3G and the 4Gs, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and I think, especially at grassroots level, the more they're funded, the, the better. Is that the future at grassroots, do you think? 100%. One hundred percent. You you got to think about it, that these clubs are just dormant until Saturday. The the grass pitches are literally protected. Your biggest asset is your pitch. That that's, that's what you sell. If you're, I don't know, you know, if you're down in in the national league, you're not selling shirts every day. You're not selling. You know, your 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 bar's not full of everything. You're not. You know, you're not on the telly. You're not getting that money. Your asset is your football pitch. And if for three four months a year. It's unusable, even in the summer when it gets too hard. <laughs> they're unusable, and you can't use your asset. That's what you're selling. So 100%, I, I do think um, uh, artificial pitches are absolutely necessary the lower down you get. Uh, what's the worst place you've played on a Saturday in Bristol? Oh, oh. Mate, there's been some absolute... 
I once played, um, it was at Bailey's Court Pavilion. I, it was kids football. It was a Sunday morning. And I swear to God, it was ankle deep mud. And they still let us play because all of us wanted to play it. And they let us play on it. It was only, um, must have been under under 12 or something. It was against Bradley State United. And we it was bedlam. And they still let you play football on it. It got chewed up. And I'd imagine the 11 aside team that were playing on it the week after were absolutely gutted. Mm. What about you? St. Aldham's away is pretty. St. Aldham's. See, that runs off. That's a, a, a primary school. It's a primary school. For a start, it's a primary school pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the dressing rooms uh, are just appalling. Yeah, but a club like that, what the bloody hell can they do? No, exactly. So this is where this sort of money could 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 help. 100%. Um, and then again, again, they were talking about that. They were talking about synthetic pitches in the EFL, should they be allowed. And the case in point was Sutton United got promoted from the National League last season by winning the league. Yeah. And um, obviously in the EFL, you're not allowed to use a synthetic pitch. I mean, they had to dug up, dig up their synthetic pitch, lay grass down in the summer. Yeah. Um, and they lost, by getting promoted, they've, lo- they've lost £200,000 a year. Because, like you say, they use their pitch seven days a week. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, but do you think EFL clubs should be using synthetic pitches? I don't see why not. The synthetic pitch, this exactly the 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 synthetic pitches have come so far. It is like playing on grass. Mm. I can understand championship level. They have the money there to hire their ground you know their ground staff they you know it's a very well protected pitch um but the lower down you go i mean some of the groundsman stories and what have you some some of them aren't even paid they're on zero hour contracts or you know these groundsmen aren't they they might be off working on the local golf course and they're coming in and helping with the football pitch there are games called off all over the shop a synthetic pitch honestly i i I do think it's the way for two hundred thousand pounds what do you think that, that that does for Sutton? True, but wouldn't it ruin the magic of the FA Cup a bit when Man City go away to someone like Grimsby Town, and it's, it wouldn't wouldn't the synthetic pitch make it a bit of a level playing field? I actually think a synthetic pitch will hinder Man City. In, in you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that? We can't turn on it, can you? That's the age-old saying. Can't turn <laughs> on that. They'll all be doing their knees. They won't be used to it. No, I, I. There, there's magic in a grass, boggy grass pitch, but we just don't see it anymore. Mm. Um, but the best bit I thought about this whole fan fan led review was they were discussing trialing the sale of alcohol in the stands at League Two and national level. Yeah. So this would directly benefit Bristol Rovers. It would. And the argument has been that it's been calculated that League Two and National League clubs are losing £2 per head on a match day due to the sale of alcohol in sight of the pitch being banned. So, you know, people are... I want to know where they're getting £2 from. There are there are people out there who'd stick a hundred and fifty pounds down. I know it's like they you, haven't averaged <laughs> out. No, honestly, all right. Especially yeah, yeah, been, some of the clubs, mate. There was every bloke there. Well, I guess they've they got to be a bit like when they ask football club, "How much do you reckon you're losing on alcohol? Two pound? We don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Don't wanna, just a couple of quid. Yeah, yeah. nothing much. Like um, no, but uh, this would be huge. If that came like you can do it in cricket, you can do it in rugby, and football isn't the eighties anymore. Obviously, for maybe derby games, you'd have to sort of make it a dry game or something, but. Um, the police are actually sort of in support of this because they're saying people just tank up before the game instead. And if people could get alcohol in the stadium, then it might they might be a bit more civilized with their drinking. 
Yeah, well, I mean, half time will do a two pint half time. Yeah. Um, just purely because you can't drink. Now, I'd buy a pint at the start of the game. I'd probably have a pint and a half time and then maybe on 70 minutes if the bar's still open I might go and have a quick one before we leave. That's that's three pints. I'm either doing that in 15 minutes at half time or before I'm either doing one before the game and two at half time or I'm stretching that out over a long period. You're exactly right. How great it would be like just if you're watching a game and there's just a guy walking around like a beer gun just squirting pints and just passing them down just to pass- you. Yeah, it does. Be- it, at what point does it become quite America? <laughs> and, they're fr- you know, and then then all the nachos are down at the front and the hot dogs and things like that. But no, I absolutely, yeah, I, I, I can't see it being a problem. I don't know why that's only gone to League 2 and National League. It's be a trial first, I guess. They, they obviously don't want to start rolling out without trials. So they're trusting the future of football in the hands of League Two. I think you'd have to introduce splash zones. Splash. Uh, yeah. So you know, if a goal goes in in the last minute and I've got a pint, I, you know it's going in the air. That's true. With rugby, it's not as you, you, it builds up to a try. Whereas a football it can be like a twenty-five yard screamer. If there's a twenty-five yard screamer, that pu- that pint is going in the air. Last minute goal. There's fifteen of you. You're all on a day out down the foot. In the last minute goes in. You've just bought yourself a pint. I can guarantee you the people in front are going to be unhappy <laughs> <laughs> and also cold. So you have got the family enclosure, and then you got the splash, splash zone. zone. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sea World. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Just like Sea World. You get maybe you could buy sort of. There's more incomes to be had here. The ponchos could go on, the <laughs> yeah. rainproof ponchos. It could make a right old thing of it. I went to City and I went in the splash zone. Everyone, everyone could have ponchos in their team colour. Yeah, well. exactly. Mate, the possibilities. It, yeah, it'd have to be a splash zone. And also, um, footballers would get absolutely swilled as well as they're running along. <laughs> I, don't know, I just long, feel like they're in the throw, isn't they? A good point. How long do you think it would take for a, a player to just celebrate by having a... Having a fans point well it happens it happened in the Euros today yeah yeah I think yeah absolutely um, wouldn't take long at all so Rover City oh. <laughs> I actually watched the game like, it was on iFollow like. was it a Bristol Rovers game yeah yeah Bristol okay. Rovers it was on well, iFollow yeah um, I thought the uh, I couldn't go to the game or I was invited but weather was horrendous um, paid £10 and I follow it's quite good you can watch the midweek games on uh, I quite yeah I still like that even though I've never um, done it and this season yeah. <laughs> I like you, the option have you even seen Bristol City this season I have mate yeah, yeah. I went to Blackpool um, the Birmingham game where we lost 3 now. But, uh, but I chose to watch Rovers over AC Milan Liverpool which Turns out was a mistake. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. it was a good game that little AC Milan Liverpool game. You didn't have a head bump at all that day at all. No, but it was Daryl Clark's return. It was the Port Vale game, so I thought, yeah, no, sentimental. Um, it was all looking quite good in up till fifteen minutes, and we got another red card. Yeah, <laughs> or an off the ball attack. The Barton effect, right? That's um, our seventh red card of the season. Or that yeah. we had we had two red cards that game, so. Uh, we had a player later sent off, so we're down to nine men for the second time this season. Yeah. And that's seven red cards before Christmas. I have to say that I saw an article of um, Joey Barton asking for better discipline from his players. Now, uh, uh, is that right? For Joey Barton to be asking for better discipline from his players? There's a bit of irony in it, isn't there? <laughs> 
<laughs> I honestly don't know what he realizes he was. Honestly, I don't. I think that man is genuinely disillusioned. You know what I will say from this season under Joe Barton is in the very few games I've seen, there seems to be a, a lot more passion when they're playing, and you can see it in the in the highlights even. Yeah. Uh, uh, than than the last few years, which is good, but you know maybe he is getting them a bit too g'd up, and uh, I wonder as well whether because Joey Barton is in control of Rovers, whether referees see that it gives us a reputation, and they're more inclined to give a red card because that red card that wasn't a red card for Sam Finley. Okay, um, referee didn't see it, linesman didn't see it, right? Um, and apparent and he got sent off for elbow uh sort of a violent conduct and, and he just barged him as he ran past, ran past. Um, I think Barton knows that the simpletons down the memorial all they want is a bit of passion and so fans will be on his side if he shows that the players care because they're absolute simpleton Rovers fans and they think oh well at least they're trying and you know they love it and they celebrate when they clear one off the line or they're all fans it doesn't really matter doesn't really. I think the down at that level, you can get away with passion. Are it's just, also you... embarrassing from a Bristol Rovers point of view that of of how many red cards you have had. Seven. It's yeah. awful. Twenty five percent of our games we've played at a disadvantage. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. No. It's, that is that, that's that's football. <laughs> what I will say is, I actually think there is a good side sort of forming there. Um, a bit of a spine. Collins and Nicholson and Evans up front. They're they're looking pretty tidy. Yeah. Weedle and Coots. Um, and you know Sam Finley when he's not sent off, looking good. So it's just the defence we need to sort out a little bit. Now. Start of the season, would you thought you would be saying Glenn Whelan's looking good? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. However, he's he's a pundit on Sky Sports, so that's how that's me. That's how big time we are now. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but what is nice to watch is like when you watch them, it feels like you're watching... It's like how you'd imagine you would play if you were playing for City. Yeah. Like Or how you play on a Saturday afternoon in the Suburban League. You, the passion. Yeah. You, the yeah. Passion. Like I say, the simpletons love the passion and you have just proved my point. Um, what you want? Go on then. Carry on. Rest of the season. Now you've watched one game. What do you <laughs> think? What do watch you think? Watch the highlights from Saturday. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think if we... If we Keep going. We'll be there or thereabouts. Um, clearly, the striker. Um, bit of consistency in the results, and also stop getting red cards. That would be that would probably be a, <laughs> a, good, be a good place to start. Yeah, and probably a big period in the season. Um, it's Christmas break. Um, as we're kind of in that position where the gap starts to form. Yeah, and we're kind of on the line. So if we win a couple of games over Christmas, we'll be above that line. And if we lose a couple, we're probably in for a bit of a either a relegation scrap or a season of nothing. Yeah. So I think it's a really important month now for Rovers. Um, uh, and at the same time, we're running out of players through suspensions and injuries, which is uh, which is also a bonus. But uh, we'll see. Uh, another game Saturday. Um, if we can get another win, um, let's build build on that. City. Yeah. I watched the highlights on Saturday, two all against Hull. The one thing I'll say is that it was really nice to score a last-minute goal um, because it's normally the other way round. Must have been really entertaining seeing that come through on your phone. 
Yeah, it was. It was actually Soccer Saturday at the time. But yeah, I, look, I, it was... Um, for however many travelled out there, I think the away support was dreadful. It was about 400, 500 Yeah, that picture, has, that picture has been shared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, of course it is, because there's just nothing to sing about. But it, it, that is... I know that we, uh, both fan bases have a bit of fun around the away followings or when there's the opportunity, but that is a pretty poor away following. It's not. We look at the average attendances of the championship and we're, we're there or thereabouts. I think we're, we're averaging around seventh, our away support around tenth. I think it's about right for a club of our size in, in that in that. In, we're, you know, we're a two-club city. We've hardly achieved great things. That's you acknowledging us now. Well, we're a one-club city with you lot out in South Gloss. <laughs> and, and we... Yeah, well, I think, I think it's about right for us. You can you can laugh all you want, but you know what I mean. I've 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 seen Rover support. You took eighty people away to Southend away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Trust me. It's this close to Christmas. I'll be honest. The pricing between League Two and Championship is a joke. And this, I just want to bring this up: twenty three pounds for an FA Cup ticket against Fulham at Ashton Gate is an absolute travesty. For, for a time, we've picked up some results here. Past five games, we've lost one, drawn two and won two. That's not a bad return for Bristol City. We, we're finally turning the tide a little bit. Pearson seems to be getting a tune out of a few players. We're still missing a couple from injury. I think we've got every chance here to actually start picking up some results. It's not going to be It's not going to be enjoyable to watch, but I think we might actually climb up and do okay. He seems to be getting a tune out of some of, some of the players. Now's the time when we've got to start getting the supporters back on board to charge them £23 for a game where we're also playing Fulham three days later. <laughs> £23. There, that is going to be less than £10 at Ashton Gate that day. And, and, well, I mean, and you, it's, it's not on. You've got 128% wage bill to cover. So. Well, he has to make his money somewhere. And obviously, given all these... so. Um, Saturday, he's also in, incentivized getting in early because obviously you wouldn't know this, but over 10,000 people at sporting events now you have to show a, a, a COVID pass or a, or a test um, to get into those yeah. to get into those places. So probably no problems with you, boy. <laughs> but what he's done is if you get there an hour early, so up to two o'clock, they're giving us 20% off pints uh, yeah, as an incentive clever. to get in. Um, I can guarantee you it's not going to work. Uh, there's still going to be queues all the way down Winterstoke trying to get in. Um, but that's what he's done as an incentive to get in there. So he has to make money somehow. So maybe the FA Cup is that way. I heard at Bristol City there's a scooter problem on match days. What's the problem? Everyone's scootering to Ashton Gate and it's just... That, what they called the... The Voy scooters. The Voy's are just everywhere. Apparently. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's just carnage. Well, yeah, that's because we're socially conscious. <laughs> uh, and we're obviously, we're trying to go carbon neutral by the end of the season. So, <laughs> But yeah, um, in terms of City, I'm still bored. I still don't particularly want to watch them, but I have actually purchased a ticket. Oh, my God. Uh, Which, what game? Uh, I can't tell you that. But um, I will be there before the end of the year, yeah. Yeah, and I won't, um, and I won't enjoy it. <laughs> I know that for a fact. At least you're going in with low benchmark. Yeah. So if, if, even if you do enjoy it, then even if you enjoy it a little bit. I can guarantee you we lose. <laughs> the uh, So this is, our, this is our Christmas special. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really spoke about that, have we? Merry yeah. Christmas, mate. Merry, yeah. Merry Christmas. We won't be doing another one before Christmas, so we'll get this one out. How's your shopping going? Yeah, uh, I haven't finished yet. 
No. How's yours? I haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started, but um, yeah, it's a good, yeah. I'm worried the shops are going to get closed and I'm going to be st- stuck in limbo. That's a very good point. Yeah. I have booked a day off work this week. So you've got to go Christmas shopping. I've got to get it done, mate. I'm starting to worry. Can like you just you do it on Amazon? Not this time of year, mate. I've missed all the delivery slots. Of, yeah, mate, I've left it far too late. Um, yeah, do you, any big Christmas plans? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, sounds absolutely brilliant. I'd love to come around yours for Christmas. Um, so as it's our Christmas special, even though it's only our second episode in about six months. <laughs> the big Grimbo special. Uh, thought, if you having a Christmas dinner, yes, who would you invite? You get to invite one Rovers person, yeah. one City person, yeah. one Bristolian yeah. And one wild card yeah. for your Christmas dinner. Okay. Who, who, uh, who are you inviting? All right, well, I'll start. Uh, should, should we, are you, you go through yours first. And Do then, you think so? Or should we go one by one? I think we'll go through um, one by one. So my Rover's choice, I've chosen Ian Holloway um, purely because he will serve up some gems, won't he, around the table. But do you not think he's just, he's just going to regurgitate all the stuff we've seen on... TV. I mean, you said it. Do yeah. you think? No, uh, yeah, maybe. But he's good for it, I think. True. Uh, his compilation videos on YouTube still do all right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's obviously got some some things to say. I'm not a massive fan of Holloway, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's all right. He's quite funny, I suppose. Bit of a character. He'll, like, I don't know, throw your turkey about on that. <laughs> one of those kind of blokes. He might be one of those where after, like, two hours, you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit like your nan, I suppose. Yeah, he'd yeah, be the nan at the end of the table chatting rubbish that you just sort of get bored of, yeah. So I went for Joey Barton. <laughs> that could get punchy. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll see why in a minute uh, once, once we put all mine together, but I just think there's nothing that spreads fist, more festmas cheer than Joey Festmus. Barton. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, true, true. Um, and seeing some of, like, when he was on... Um, question time and stuff like that I think he'd just be fascinated over Christmas dinner he obviously has lived some sort of life as well as yeah. a professional Premier League player he will have some stories yeah Let's find out the truth about the cigar story and, and what have you and maybe the tunnel story um, what about your city then um, I went for Matty Taylor yeah just so you can stare him in the white of the eyes and ask him if he regrets it yeah he strikes me as a bloke who don't like turkey no he, no he strikes me as a bloke who goes out for Christmas dinners Oh, he doesn't, doesn't have it at home. Doesn't have it at Gets home. Gets that fancy three-course meal in some posh bar pub. Yeah, he does. He does strike me as that. In Longwell Green. Out in Longwell Green, yeah, yeah and he's, he's enjoying it out there. Um, mine's uh, Lansdowne, actually. Um, I can't imagine him being very entertaining. No, God, no. It'd be boring as. Holloway would be doing bring all the chatting. Bo- bring a bring a good bottle of red, though, wouldn't That's he? exactly <laughs> why I brought him in, because he's going to bring some... He's going to bring the things that you haven't thought about. Um and maybe get you a scratch off Christmas. <laughs> and then, and then once you had it, once you've had your dinner, you're sitting around drinking the whiskey. He'll give you some top knowledge on what stocks and shares you should buy for 2022. Exactly. And then once you're in there, then you're having a good year. Once Holloway's fallen asleep in the corner. Very true. Um, all right, well, go on then. The Bristolian of choice. Who have you gone for? Um, I've chosen Banksy. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Art Attack. Wig <laughs> <laughs> wig. Um, no, I'd just like to ask him. Of, I don't know, really. I just actually, I wouldn't even want him there for long. I just want him to drop some carrots off. Carrots, and, or I don't know, whatever I'm missing. Um, and then and then clear up. I just want to know who he is. 
And it probably is <laughs> that bloke in the Bristol Live. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> mate. Um, it's probably the bloke on the Bristol Live. Maybe someone completely random, like um, George Ferguson. Oh, someone. <laughs> Imagine Marvin Reese all this time, and he's just, yeah, yeah. It would be just all I am is interested to know who. Do you he reckon is. he's come with like a balaclava on as well? That ruins your purpose. Then that's very true, and he's got one of those voice changes. <laughs> yeah, that would be a nightmare. Constantly one of those things over just his face. Just a pure like blur face. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, what about you then? I went for Maya Jama. Yeah, solid. She'd be a good laugh. Yeah. She'd be. Uh, Good fun at the Christmas. She'll bring a bit of fun into the party, I think. You haven't had much fun yeah. so far. Can, de- can DJ. Yeah, very true. Yeah, likes to have a bit of a party. Yeah. Um, and she's a Rovers fan as well. Yeah, yeah. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. All those years ago. Um, so your wild card. My wild card. Um, this takes some explaining. Um, a tweet went around the other day, uh, or actually yesterday, and it was a mum, and she'd hired a... Um, character to come to her house Mm. for a children's party that character was um the grinch uh and i'd want him there and what he like someone dressed up as the grinch so i imagine it was an out of work actor which is fine trying to earn a bit of money a lot of them at the moment a lot of them uh trying to earn a bit of money over christmas um and it's kind of advertise that they come they create a bit of mischief it's for the kids they have a good time things like wrapping your christmas tree in toilet roll and sort of messing about and popping balloons and that um so this mum has set out a spread and decided to, as the spread as yeah yeah love a nice spread um and she's invited this grinch round, and instead of just you know being a bit mischievous, he's decided to absolutely pepper the living room with the buffet. <laughs> the poor kids have been, oh, whatever, the whole tub of red sauce on his head. <laughs> it's absolute chaos. And I'd imagine she has stepped out of the room. She's like, it's all right, it's in the Grinch's hands. <laughs> and it is absolute chaos. And I do think that Lansdowne wouldn't know what to do <laughs> if this bloke started hoisting bloody pigs in blankets at him. <laughs> so I'd bring that Grinch in. Uh, what about you? So I went for Roy Keane. Okay. Just to add to the, the festive cheer. Oh, I feel sorry for Maya Jammer, eh? <laughs> yeah. So I just just love to sort of drop a few grenades in there between Joey Barton and Roy Keane. Yeah. Maybe even t- uh, get their opinion on Matthew Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> and just just uh, let them go. Yeah, I can imagine Roy Keane having a few choice words to Matthew Taylor about <laughs> leaving Bristol if he had any inclination. Yeah. Um, well, so, so yours is Ian Holloway, Steve Lansdowne, Banksy, and the Grinch bloke off Twitter. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. And yours will be Joey Barton, Matty Taylor, Maya Jama, and uh, Roy Keane. Yeah, two good Christmas dinners there. <laughs> so we should try and see if we can get the Grinch off uh, Twitter onto here. Oh, I reckon he would have gone missing at this point. That'll do it, will it? Yeah. The Christmas special's done. <laughs> Ready for the New Year special. No, I enjoyed that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, next one's New Year special. Maybe we'll yeah. have a bit more New Year content for that. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, what would have happened? Not a lot. We, we can whip out the uh, the Boxing Day football results that uh, seems to do its round every year from 1943. Yeah, I don't fancy travelling to Luton, so I wouldn't know a lot either. But... Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed it, did you enjoy it? I don't know. Yeah, it was all right. 
<laughs> if you enjoyed out in Brazil. Better than last week. Yeah, very true. Very true. No, thanks thanks for listening again. Um, you'll obviously be notified one of our next episode, which comes out every other Monday or whenever we decide to do it. Um, if you'd like to get in contact, then follow us on Twitter at BrizzleKicksPod. Uh, drop us a tweet. But that'll be all for the Christmas special. Yeah, until next time. Ta-ra. <laughs> Ta-ra. Where did that come from? <laughs>